0: First and foremost, if you're sending that first initial connection request on LinkedIn, you will only have 200 characters. So you're going to have to keep it short and sweet. You can just say something like, hey, Max, I just stumbled across your LinkedIn profile. I'm looking to connect with other career coaches.
1: This is Chan with The Plan the Podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Sonia, welcome back to the show.
0: Hey, Max, thank you so much for having me back again.
1: So what's going on in your world the past year since we've lost? I think, yeah, I think the last time we came out was 2021, I think. So yeah, so yeah, how, how has things right? been for your business and everything?
0: Yeah, everything's great. Continuing to support clients. You know, I primarily work with mid to senior level professionals, mostly in the tech market. Lots of changes happening in the job market, which I'm sure that we're going to chat about. But other than that, you know, just staying busy, supporting clients, having fun, trying to have work-life balance myself, you know, just like I'm sure that we recommend our clients to do.
1: And in terms of the last time we talked, how has the job market changed from that point in time to right now?
0: Yeah, lots of big changes, right? I, like, basically, what I've seen is that, you know, during the pandemic, at first there was initially a big, huge scare, but then companies, at least in the tech market for sure, started hiring a lot. And I think that they really overhired during the pandemic because there was a huge demand at that point in time. Since then, we've started to see an economic recession pop up due to you know, interest rate increase and a number of other things that are happening. Now, all the big tech companies have been laying off people you know, by tens of thousands of people. So it's an interesting space in the job market right now. I know a lot of clients are having challenges getting hired, but there's definitely still lots of opportunities out there. You might just have to look in different areas than what you're normally used to.
1: And that's a great segue to our conversation. So for my new listeners, last time I brought Sonia in was to talk about salary negotiation and how to maximize your compensation. And this time around, I want her to talk about creative job search techniques that work. One of the main things, as you already said, Sonia, is that right now the market is fairly competitive and mm-hmm. people are just fed up with applying online. And the two main strategies that a lot of people know about in terms of job searching is applying online to... A lot of jobs out there, such as Indeed and LinkedIn job boards. (laughs) The other avenue is through networking and hopefully generating conversation from a target company, like these people working at these target companies, and then potentially get referral for that position. So those are the two main ways. But you have some additional creative job search techniques that may not be as popular that do definitely work. So why don't we dive into that and you can just go through those job search strategies. But yep. before we get into it, why don't you tell us like how you were able to discover these strategies?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of what I teach clients really come from my own personal career journey. So just me having tested and tried the market and, you know, come up with my own creative strategies as well. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, we hear network, but if you don't have a blue blood network to draw from already, then sometimes it's really hard. Max, you know, you said it earlier, like getting an internal referral is definitely a wonderful strategy. So, you know, you can definitely apply for jobs online, but then if you know somebody on the inside, if you can actually ask them to refer you in, that's a super helpful strategy. But if you don't already know somebody on the inside, or they're not even in the right space on the inside, you know, like... Ideally, the more closely aligned the referral your referring partner is to the job that's hiring, the better. Let's say that you're an engineer and you're trying to land a job in the engineering department, but your network, you know, your person that you know is in the marketing department or vice versa, right? It's actually better if you know somebody that's more closely connected with the role that's hiring. But even if you don't, You know have somebody that's directly in that department finding somebody inside the organization can be your best strategy and if you don't already know somebody who's in that organization well then you have to find a way to get to know somebody who works in that organization to refer you in so what is one of the best strategies is you know go ahead and apply for the job online but then look on LinkedIn, use LinkedIn as a search database to identify who you think that the hiring manager might be. Or if you can't identify easily identify who the hiring manager is, then look for you know who you think might be key decision makers or key influencers for that particular role that you're hiring for. So go directly to that department. And what you can do is like the job that you're hiring for, let's say it's a marketing manager, like put the name of the company plus marketing manager, and then, you know, go on LinkedIn, try to find as many people who would be most closely aligned with that particular role that you would be interviewing for. Reach out to them. And sometimes this can be a bit of a numbers game. So don't just try it with one person. Then you know, if it doesn't work with one person, then you know that doesn't mean the end of the world. But I would try to reach out to like at least 10 people in the same organization. And there's multiple benefits of doing this. So one, hopefully you're going to find somebody who actually will connect with you. If you can get directly in contact with the hiring manager, all the better. But if you get direct connected with somebody who might be a peer or think of like who the key decision makers or key influencers might be, you know, peers would be key influencers, but maybe if you can find the hiring manager or who you think might even be the manager of the hiring manager or someone closely aligned with the hiring manager Then you're going to want to reach out to them. So first you have to submit a connection request. You won't be able to message back and forth with those individuals unless you are fully connected, unless you have in-mail credits. So you can actually, if you're a LinkedIn premium account user, you can have in-mail credits. You do have to pay for that. But if you have those in-mail credits, then you can go ahead and message with people regardless whether you're fully connected or not. Once you are connected, then oftentimes you'll have direct contact you'll have direct contact information. So once you're a first degree contact, you can actually go to their profile and look at their contact information. So even if they don't respond to you on LinkedIn, you can actually look for their email address or sometimes people will even leave their phone number on there. And I found much higher response rates if you email back and forth with people versus trying to wait for them to receive and respond to a LinkedIn message. Some people are very active on LinkedIn, but most people are not. And so if you can get their email address, it's easier to communicate back and forth through email. And they may either put their work email address or their personal email address. So the message that you reach out with, you know, you want to make sure that the tone of your message matches how you're connecting with them. So if you're reaching out to them at their work email address, that might be a slightly different message than if it's like their personal Gmail account. And I can keep going here. I've got all kinds of tips. Yeah, keep going. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is really powerful, because all of a sudden, you now have directly connected with people who may have influential power in who they hire for this particular role. So instead of just submitting your resume online for the job application, where you know maybe 400 other people are applying for that same job this actually helps you build personal rapport with people who may have either decision making power or influence in that decision of who they're going to hire for that role so now let's talk about what you're going to say when you reach out so you know first and foremost if you're sending that first initial connection request on LinkedIn you'll only have 200 characters so you're going to have to keep it short and sweet You can just say something like, you know, if I was reaching out to Max and trying to get a referral from you, Max, you know, I might just say like, you know, hey, Max, I just stumbled across your LinkedIn profile. I'm looking to connect with other career coaches or other marketing managers or something like that. You're not going to have a direct ask in that first initial connection request. Your goal of that first initial message is you want them to click yes, that they're accepting your connection request. So then once they've connected with you, now you can message back and forth with them through LinkedIn, unless you already have those in-mail credits that we talked about earlier, then you can go ahead and you know message back and forth. But you do want to build a relationship out of this. So don't just come out of the gate with these you know huge requests before you've even had a chance to build rapport. Once you do get connected with them, whether that's through LinkedIn or through email, and as we talked about earlier, you're probably going to get much higher response rates through email. And I do suggest that you reach out to at least 10 people in each organization. And the reason for that is that not everybody is going to respond. But if you reach out to enough people, someone will respond. But if you are submitting those connection requests on LinkedIn, even if they don't respond to your messages, it's actually still helpful to get new connection requests. Because then if you do end up interviewing with that organization, but let's just say that you got five new contacts and they're all in the same department that's hiring for this open role, one of the very first things that they do when they're going to interview for an open position is they go check your LinkedIn account. And if they see that you already have shared similar connections of people who work in the same department, that's already a huge plus and a huge bonus for you, even if they never responded to your message, because then they're gonna be thinking, oh, hey, how do they know Sally and Bob and Sharon? So that might actually be a conversation starter right off the bat. And then if they ask you, "Hey, how do you know? How do you know Sharon?" You could say, "You know, what? I was actually so excited and passionate about this position that I took the initiative to go ahead and reach out to people who work in this department because I really wanted to get a better understanding of what it's like to work here and to, you know, connect with some of the people who might be my new coworkers." It's a perfectly great answer. So when you actually start to reach out and connect with these individuals, you, you know say what your interest is. And actually, you know, I've tested this a number of different ways. So I have templates that I give my clients in terms of what you can say when you reach out. I've actually found that video is the best. So this can take a little bit of extra time and effort, but if you create a personal video for that specific company, The video will perform way better than any written communication that you might have. And so what you'll want to do is come up with a little bit of an opening statement about you and why you're interested in this organization. You want to keep it short and sweet. So have it be like, you know, maybe one minute, two minutes max and just come up with something about, you know, why you're so excited about working for this role and why you'd like to have a conversation with them. So then you can submit the video. Now, here's the thing with video is that you can actually include a thumbnail of that video in your communication, either through the LinkedIn message or through email. And it's going to pop up, you know, that little video thumbnail. So that's way more powerful than a bunch of written text because everybody loves to watch video. And what you say, you know, you can script it out, but just go off the cuff and be your natural, authentic self and say why you're so excited about the company, the role and give some information about yourself and your background, the results that you produced, and why you're a stellar candidate for the particular open position. So I usually do that and then just say, you know, hey, would love to chat with you further. Do you have a quick 10 minutes? Can we jump on a phone call and, you know, I'd love to discuss more about the role. And I usually always just suggest like a 10-minute phone call because the the likelihood is that if they get on a phone call with you, it'll probably go much longer than 10 minutes, but most people are so busy and this is not an official interview. This is just you requesting more information about the role. So 10 minutes is a low enough time investment that if people are going to say yes, they're much more likely to say yes to 10 minutes rather than, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or whatnot. You know, back in the day we used to ask people to go have coffee in person. You know, I think there are still cases where that can be a good suggestion. But I usually just start with a 10-minute phone call because it's just such a low enough investment that, you know, if people are likely to move forward with that, then, you know, you can start with a 10-minute phone call. And then if it makes sense, you can still schedule a coffee if you're even in the same location and if that makes sense. What do you think, Max? Do you have these kinds of suggestions for your clients, too? Or what have you tried?
1: Yeah, like I definitely do the targeting, have template. Well, obviously, again, like I give them a the template, but then they will have to customize it based off who they're targeting. I don't really uh-huh. suggest a video a lot because a, a lot of them are not fans of video. Again, it's going back to like, you have to get out of your comfort zone to get the results you want. So mm-hmm. I definitely like the idea of doing a video. Uh, in terms of like time investment, like absolutely, Like I say 20 minutes. In a way, like if it's too short, they might not bother, right? So that, in my opinion, it's, it's good to have like 15, 20 minutes is a good medium. Obviously, you don't laugh for 30 or an hour, right? I think that'd be too much. But yeah, just a short, quick phone call. I think that would definitely increase the engagement. So you definitely shared with us some creative techniques inside the networking strategy. Again, like there's a lot of career coaches on LinkedIn promoting how networking is the great equalizer. But mm-hmm. I've spoken to a lot of professionals that says networking doesn't work for them. So like what's going on? Like why is networking not working for them? When networking for you, as you said, like, there's a couple of ways to make it work for you in terms of like customized messaging tailoring, make sure that it's still a volume game a little bit. you can incorporate video. So again, like what are some of the common things that is making these job seekers so frustrated with networking and don't don't think that there's a way out?
0: Yeah, one of the biggest challenges that I see with networking is that people rely on their existing network. So you know they reach out to friends and family which if you went to like an Ivy League school and you have this like very well-connected, integrated network that can get you directly in contact with the CEO of all your favorite companies, great, awesome, go for it, right? And it's not that you have to connect with the CEO, but if you don't have friends in the right places, then look outside of your existing network. You know, one of the best pieces of advice that I received at one point in my career is build your network before you need it. So sometimes it's challenging as a job seeker because you're in a position where you need your network now, but you actually need to go and build it. You need to be thinking strategically about, are you connecting with the right people? You know, because I think a lot of people just think, oh, yeah, I need a new job. I'm going to go network. And then they contact the same people that they talk to all the time. And they say, hey, do you know of anybody who's looking for someone that has my skill set? And if the answer is no, well, then, you know, that's kind of a dead end right there. So where and how can you go find the right people that you need to be talking to? So that's why I really focus on key decision makers and key influencers within the companies who are actively already hiring. Because so you do kind of want to do this unique combination of go look at the job boards, go see who's hiring, go see what roles are available You know, sometimes there are going to be additional roles that are not available that are not posted online, but you never know that until you start talking to the right people. So in this way, what you want to be doing is develop a much more targeted job search where it's like, okay, what are my top, top companies, right? And so I kind of think of the job search as happening in stages. So first and foremost, go to the job board, see who's hiring, get the numbers out there, like apply. I always suggest applying to at least a minimum of 20 jobs per week. So apply to at least 20 jobs per week. If you're completely unemployed and you have extra time on your hands, apply to more. You know, if you're employed in a full time job and you don't have the time or effort to do that, that's okay. You can apply to less, but you're probably going to see lower results, too, in terms of your yield rate of how many interviews that you'll get booked as far as how many jobs you're applying to. But then, you know, there's also this extra added layer of networking that, you know, can sometimes be even more impactful, which is like, you know, find the jobs that you're most passionate about out of all the jobs that you apply to, which ones do you really want to see them call you for an interview or you wanna see it through to the next step and then go use LinkedIn as an opportunity to find the right people to connect with. And then this is like business development, so to say, like when you're searching for a job, it's like marketing and sales. So you have to learn how to market and sell yourself. And most people don't say yes at the first time that you try to sell them something. So you do need to follow up with people and, you know, get a system set up for yourself so that even if they don't reply to your first message, you're going to reach out repeatedly to a number of different people to see where is your opening, where is your in, and how can you move beyond all of the other candidates who are also competing for that same open position?
1: So- You make a good point in terms of like you have to treat your job search as a sales process, right? You have to prospect, which is like networking. You have to have your sales proposal, which is your resume. Again, you have to follow up. As you already said, they're not going to say yes the first time. You do have to follow up, fill up the pipeline. So, what would be like percentage wise from your experience in terms of like response rate of these networking messages? Because again, like I've talked to a lot of professionals saying that networking doesn't work for them. But then when I dive deeper, they, reach out to like six people and then they say it doesn't work. Right. So there's a certain number that you have to like reach out to. And so then you have to do the math behind it to see if it's actually, your efforts are actually getting results compared to like giving up too soon. So what are some benchmarks that professionals should use when it comes to networking to see if they're on the right track?
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, so as we talked about earlier, I suggest applying to a minimum of 20 jobs per week, Out of those 20 jobs, you figure out which ones are your most favorite, you're most passionate about, right? Maybe that's going to be the top five, maybe top 10. So let's just say five. Those five, go do some research on LinkedIn, reach out to at least 10 people per organization, and then set up a system for yourself so that it's like, okay, I reached out to so-and-so on X date. I will reach back out to them again in three days' time. And persistence is really what's most likely going to pay off so in terms of numbers games you asked me that you know i do a ton of outreach on linkedin even just for my business and i would say across the board it's probably about 30 percent that accept the initial connection requests so let's say that we reach out to 10 people then maybe three or four of those folks are going to accept the connection requests then you're going to message back and forth with those three or four people either through linkedin or through email And as I shared earlier, I've gotten much better response rates through email. And I didn't say this earlier, but you can either use the contact information that shows up in their LinkedIn profile, which might probably most likely is going to be their personal email address, or you can use different tools online. Like there's a tool called hunter.io that you can use to go figure out what the email nomenclature is for a particular organization. So even if they don't accept your connection request, you can still email back and forth with them. This is a very bold approach, though. I've had a lot of people tell me to, oh, networking doesn't work. But then when I ask them further, I'm like, well, did you try this? Did you try this? Did you try this? They're like, no, because I didn't feel comfortable doing that. It seems too bold for me to reach out to somebody through their work email address. But the thing that you have to keep in mind is that like for an employee to check their work email is actually part of their job. So they're more likely to read and respond to an email through their corporate email account rather than their personal email account, but I would probably try both. You don't want to be a pest, but you can, you know, definitely still be persistent. And I like to use humor a lot and, you know, I happen to be very comfortable on video, so I'm somebody who would create a video versus somebody who's not. If you're not comfortable with video, that's okay. But can you find a way to make your communication be more engaging or more humorous or something that they're more likely to respond to? Because everybody's kind of used to that, like, I don't want to call it boring, but most cover letters are kind of boring, right? And so, like, how can you make your information be a little bit more interesting? In today's age, we have the wonderful value and benefit of ChatGPT. So can you take your cover letter, put it into ChatGPT and say, hey, you know, make this information more engaging, more humorous, write me a headline that will cause a stranger to respond to my communication. And, you know, you might have to play around with that a little bit, but you might come up with something that's going to get more responses rather than not. But if you find yourself saying networking doesn't work, then you have to figure out how can you make it work for you? And are there some different strategies that you actually haven't tried yet, or are you just taking the easy way out and saying, you know, oh, I tried that when, you know, like Max said, maybe you only tried sending like three emails, and then you got disgruntled and quit. And it's sometimes it's much easier to say, yeah, that didn't work for me, versus actually putting the effort into it to make it work for you.
1: Absolutely. So again, thank you so much for helping us refine the networking strategy. I'm sure there's a many things that you mentioned that professionals that try networking have not done. I love the uh, Hunter shadow. I've done that too. And again, like big companies, they will have that email pattern. So mm-hmm. even if you can't find the individual you're looking for his email, if you go to like executives who tend to have their email public, you can probably like copy their email format and email that person that you're looking for. And it mm-hmm. will probably work. And again, like i work in corporate roles and i'm on my email all the time the work email so they 100 will see it that maybe not necessarily on linkedin they might not be on linkedin unless they are looking for a job themselves but 100 they will see your email if you send it to their work email now whether they Mm -hmm. respond or not that's a different story but that's what the tips you provide earlier would help in terms of increasing the response rate
0: yeah another idea i have for you here you know is like if you're trying these things and it still feels like it's not working Sometimes you have to take like a really unique approach. So unique approaches could be things like, hey, I'm conducting a study or I'm writing a book on this topic or things that like people might be interested in engaging with you for. So you don't want to lie. You don't want to like, you know, suddenly invent something that you're not going to actually see through the process but you know I've done things before, even for my business where I said, hey, you know, I'm conducting a study with product managers on this type of topic, right? And then I reach out to people, hey, could I interview you for this particular study? You may actually get a whole lot more interest in that kind of thing. You actually do want to produce that, like produce the study, produce you know some sort of white paper or output approach. But let's say you're trying to get a job as a product manager, then you go create this like thought leadership piece. And then you can actually talk about that as part of your job search, right? Like even if you, let's say you have a gap in work experience and people say, oh, I see that you've been unemployed for the last 18 months. What have you been working on? Oh, actually I took it upon myself to write a white paper about product managers who are late breaking trends in product management or something like that. And you could write that based on going and interviewing 50 different people from all these different companies that you want to work for. But then while you're having that conversation with them and you're interviewing them because they want to be interviewed because maybe they want their name published in this white paper or whatnot, you know, then as part of the conversation, you could say, yeah, you know, thank you so much for your time here today. This was really helpful. I actually am looking for work. So, you know, I don't know if you know of any open roles at XYZ company, or if you know of anybody who is currently looking right now, but if you do, Would really appreciate if you keep my name in mind or even be more bold than that. And don't just say, if you know anybody, actually say, who do you know who's looking for someone that has my skill set? Can you please introduce me? Right. So you always want to be kind of like pushing it forward to the next step. So sometimes these are creative strategies that you might have to try something. You have to go above and beyond. You've got to do something different. But something like this will actually get you recognized and noticed And then it can be a really cool piece that you can talk about in your interviews where you're also setting yourself above and beyond all of the other, you know, same, similar professionals who are interviewing for the same role.
1: So we've talked a good chunk of networking strategy for our discussion currently. What are some other creative job search techniques that you would recommend?
0: Quite honestly, those are the biggest ones that I would recommend. Getting referrals, that's always the biggest thing. You know, employers are much more likely to try to interview people that they know are referred by existing employees. There's a number of research studies that have been done out there on that, that if they hire somebody who's friends, quote unquote, friends with somebody who already works there, the retention rate of both employees dramatically increases. So even if you're not already, you know, long-term friends with somebody, if you can find a new friend who will refer you in, companies are much more likely to move forward with somebody who is referred in because there's a much higher, you know, trust factor that's built into that and also they think that you're more likely to stay longer so it actually saves the company a lot of money versus if it's just somebody who comes in and out in one year, you know, that's actually very expensive for organizations. So, I mean, those really are the big strategies, you know, applying for jobs online, getting referrals from people that you know who already work there, finding people, connecting with people who can give you a referral like building your network so you can get those referrals and then maybe trying something new and different to build and create that network. And maybe you're going to actually produce a really cool, like thought leadership piece in the process that you can then talk about during your job interviews. Those are the big things. I mean, of course you could do wild and crazy things like show up and, you know, wave a banner outside of the corporate office, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. I don't think that's going to get you much further You know, other things that you could try is if you can figure out where these folks are hanging out, you know, like there's not really as much in-person networking happening these days as before the pandemic. A lot of that is starting to come back online. But if you can find, you know, special interest groups, professional associations, things like that, and you can find where people are hanging out, you know, go and get involved there. I've actually gotten a lot of referrals for open positions because I used to be a part of, I was like on the board for various different professional associations. And when you get involved in an organization, you don't have to be on the board, but if you volunteer your time, you know, you're there inside of a group of professionals who do similar types of things as you. That's a really wonderful long-term strategy. It's not always the easiest short-term strategy though, because, you know, usually that's going to take several months to really build those connections and have people know who you are
1: you said try to apply to 20 jobs a week right so in terms Uh of like connection requests and conversations like how many connection requests or emails should they send out how many conversations should they try to generate what are some of those like metrics that they should be accountable for
0: yeah i mean really the short answer to that is as many as possible right is like i mean try to create as many connections as you can because you're gonna accomplish your goal faster. With that said, you know, looking for work can be a challenging endeavor. Like most people don't just like love applying for jobs, right? Like, and so sometimes you just have to set your limits, right? And just say like, here's how much time I'm going to put into this today, or I'm going to work on this until I've submitted five applications today, or I'm going to work on this until I've submitted this many connection requests. And try to make it fun and light and easy, you know, like if you approach this as if it's a grind, it's going to be a grind if you approach it from the right energy. And I will say this, I think that this is another creative job search strategy, and I have found this to be true in many areas of life is your intention really matters, right? If you walk into the job search process and you think, oh, this is gonna be so difficult, this is so hard, so many companies have laid people off, there's no jobs out there, who would ever wanna hire me anyways? You know, like this very low grade energy, but if you can find a way to approach it from a space of like, oh, wow, I have a lot to offer and whatever company hires me is going to be incredibly blessed. And they're going to be blessed and I'm going to be blessed because it's going to be this wonderful, amazing opportunity where I'm going to, you know, enjoy my coworkers. It's going to be the right culture fit for me. I'm going to make, maybe I'm going to make even better money than what I was making in my previous position. And I am actually spiritual. And so, you know, I engage with my higher power. Now I know that not everybody is spiritual, but if you do believe in a greater creative source other than you, I definitely recommend engaging with that as well. If that's not your thing, no worries, but it's worth an experimentation and a try to see what happens as well. You know, it's like miracles happen and, you know, why not give it a whirl? Why not see what happens? And as much as like praying or putting that intention out there, like holding the right energetic vibration, I've just found that to be one of the biggest keys to that line of success as well.
1: What's your thoughts on positive affirmations?
0: I think positive affirmations are great. If, if that's what does it for you, right? It's like, if you read a positive affirmation and it makes you feel you know all warm and fuzzy, great, keep doing it, right? Or find the right one that works for you. If affirmations don't do it for you, find something else that does. Meditation works for some people. Sometimes it doesn't work for others. Putting good music on in the background, that always helps me. Like music helps me, you know, feel enlivened and more excited. So if I have like a big chore, like I got to go apply for 20 jobs this week, you better believe I'm going to be putting some good music on in the background. I'm just going to like, you know, find that way to like whistle while you work, so to say.
1: And we can't talk about the job search, we're talking about compensation and salary. So from your experience, from the first time we talked till now, our salaries still like high low like should people wait it out cuz of the recession until people companies get more budget what's your thoughts on all that
0: yeah i think the salaries are still mostly the same the open positions are somewhat competitive to land I have not personally seen cuts in salary. I think it's just more about cuts in number of open positions. I do think that's gonna level out at some point in time though, right? It's like I often see the pendulum swing. It's like during the pandemic, a lot of companies overhired, then they had to lay people off, right? And then now all the people who are still at those companies who are working, you know, they've had to like double and triple and quadruple their workload. So you know, I am seeing companies that are starting to hire again. So I think we're going to level out again somewhere in the middle. I'm not seeing cuts in salaries. If anything, I'm starting to see more cuts in senior level positions. So I think companies are starting to, you know, be more flat. So it's like senior leadership will have greater responsibility than they ever have before. Maybe they're going to have more direct reports and they're going to kind of like flatten out the reporting structure, so to say. So the folks that I see that are having the hardest time right now are more senior level positions. You know, more executives, more directors, senior managers. Those are the folks that I think are having the hardest time with the job search. Individual contributor roles, I think are still doing just fine.
1: All right, so yeah, cause I've seen that a lot. Like, the key word is streamline, right? Which is basically mm-hmm. get rid of some of the extra executive leadership and try to consolidate the teams.
0: Yep. Yep, that's a lot of what I'm seeing.
1: So in terms of next steps for people listening, obviously if someone's not working right now, whether they're laid off, they have to like apply for jobs to get some income. How people who are currently working, they're not happy with their current job right now, but they're scared to make a move. Because again, a lot of news in terms of the job market, layoffs, what is your advice for these groups of people?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're happy with what you're doing, Stick around, stay a while, you know, see what pans out with your current organization. You know, if you've been going for promotion, keep going, keep going for that promotion. Like I said, I mean, companies are always going to be growing and there's always going to be opportunities to be had. So if you are happy with where you're at, find ways to make it worth your while to continue to stay. Or if you're like on the fence, but if things were a little bit different that would make you want to stay, think hard about what are those things that would need to be different and are there ways that you can negotiate for that? Or, you know, is it a promotion? Is it more responsibility? Is it higher pay? Like what is it and how is there ways to make that work for you? Which, you know, usually happens over facilitated conversations with your manager and senior leadership. Sometimes that's much harder to do internally rather than just going and getting a new job elsewhere so then you have to wager out like, okay, well, what else is out there and how easy is that to line up? I personally do not think that the job market is doom and gloom. Like it is a competitive market, but it's always a competitive market. So if you find yourself in a position that you want a new job and you already have a job, great. You're in the best position ever because you can be selective about what you accept. So if you want a new job, but you're already employed, hold on to what you got get the job search going, start putting your application, you know, update your resume, get clear on what you want, update your resume, start putting some job search out there, update your LinkedIn profile. There are recruiters who are still actively recruiting for roles on LinkedIn. So update your LinkedIn profile because maybe they'll come and find you. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they pursue you versus the other way around? You know, but it is not doom and gloom. So if you want a new job, go get a new job. There's tons of fish in the sea and make it work for you. Like, I still think that there's plenty of opportunity out there. It's always comes down to how well are you positioning yourself for that next right fit opportunity for you.
1: And to wrap up our conversation today, Sonia, what are your job search market trend predictions for the end of the year, like the Q4 and 2024? Mm -hmm.
0: I think that as the summer starts to wind down, I think that we're going to see some more hires in the fall that's a pretty traditional spike. You know, we see like people are on vacation and out having fun in the sun. And then once the kids are back in school and we're all like getting settled back down into the fall time, there's usually a really nice uptick in new hires. So if you are considering a new position right now is a perfect time to be getting all your materials pulled together and be ready for that, you know, be ready for job search, be ready for interviews, all of that. Sometimes we see things start to turn down during the holidays for the same reasons as the summertime. People are taking vacations or spending time with family, but that's not always the case. So, you know, if you're in a position that you need a new job or you want a new job, go after it whenever the right timing is for you and just be aware that usually there is more spikes in the fall time, but it's not always the case. People get hired every single day of the year, including Christmas. I've had people get hired on Christmas. So go after it. I think probably January timeframe, we're going to see in January, February, March, we're probably going to see another spike. Like I said earlier, you know, a lot of the companies that overhired during the pandemic and then they laid a bunch of people off, you know, I think as we move into the fall and into the new year, I think we're going to start to see those companies start to hire people back again. So I think we're going to see a strong market. I know there's also this other funny thing going on where, you know, the feds are trying to increase interest rates. They're actually actively trying to increase unemployment numbers as well in an attempt to lower inflation rates. I mean, that will have some impacts, but I don't think it's going to be so massively impactful that it should stop you from taking action towards what you really want and what's the right next thing for you in your career. Don't ever let any market conditions hold you back from pursuing what's best for you because there's always ways to make it happen.
1: And if someone's willing to take action in their job search to get their next job and they want to work with you, how can people reach out to you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them?
0: Absolutely, yeah, thank you. You can come to dynamocareers.com. Plenty of information on there. You can reach out to me directly through the contact us tab. So it's Dynamo Careers D Y N A M O C A R E E R S dot com. Um, you're also welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Sonya Price S O N J A P R I C E, and I would love to connect with you.
1: Again, I always appreciate you coming on, and maybe I'll see you next year.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you, Max. This is a great conversation.
1: we yeah. yeah.